Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and your personal growth as a leader does make a difference. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Logan. How's it going, Logan? Good. I am 22. I had my birthday. You did have your birthday. We did not get the horse in our office Uh, for the update. No horses, and that's not a surprise. No, I know. But this week was good. We actually got to spend some time with Pastor Mark at Four Points Church. Which was awesome. Awesome. They are hands down some of my favorite people we have worked with. They're hysterical. They were hysterical. They were real. We told a lot of jokes. Actually, they told a lot of jokes. They, they joked did. around a lot. And I, they took my Netflix recommendations. Which was not a good which means we'll never have them as a client again. <laughs> because Logan, I'm just gonna go and tell you if Logan recommends something on Netflix, don't watch it. It's awful. Anyway, another show for another for another time. Today, we're going to talk about pressure. And Logan, I want to start off by asking you, who is the first president you ever remember being in office? George W. Bush is the first I remember. But if I'm not mistaken, I haven't Google checked this, but I was born in 96. And I'm pretty sure it was Bill Clinton that was president. Bill Clinton was president in 96. But George W. Bush is the first president you That's remember. That's the first I remember, yeah. Okay. Um, the first president I remember is Jimmy Carter. Um, as way Ooh, back. You're aging yourself, dating yourself. I'm well, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm an old man. I admit it. But 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 here's the deal. The reason I'm asking is, have you ever seen the pictures of the presidents like before they entered office and after they left office, like the wear and tear? Oh yeah, Obamas are astounding. Oh my gosh, Barack Obama when he took office was like the young. He looked. He looked like, great. He looked thirty. Yeah. He looked and, great. And, you know, I'm, you know, everybody gets offended nowadays, but let's just say when he came out of he office, was peppered. he didn't look 30. Yeah. He didn't look 30. He didn't look 30 because, and here's the reason it's the wear and tear. It's leaders face pressure. Um, uh, lead, ministry leaders also, also experience pressure. I mean, I've seen some statistics that like one out of 10 pastors that start in ministry actually finish in ministry and so many church leaders get to the point where they literally will sit around and think somebody else could do this so much better than me but what's that saying pastors have a saying what is it let go and let god Mm. right they Mm. say that to everybody i feel like people in ministry would know that particular saying best First of all, nobody really has any idea what that means. Let go, let God. It just <laughs> it just looks good on a T-shirt. Um, but I I think I think it's what I used to think until I faced pressure. I check this out. My very first church job, a small Southern Baptist church in Pickens, South Carolina. Most people listening to this podcast do not know where Pickens is. You would have to Google it. And I th- it might be on Google. Anyway, it was a, but it was a phenomenal church. But the week before I got there, the pastor announced his resignation. The worship leader announced his resignation. And the church literally split in two. 
And the next week, I was the only staff member at the church. I'd been a Christian less than a year, and I was part-time. Welcome to ministry. Welcome to ministry. That was my first job. So I knew about pressure from day one. And then just the other day, reading the scriptures, because some people go, oh, if you're facing pressure, then you're just not trusting Jesus enough. Well, that that sounds good. And They're it the sounds, same ones that say, let go, let, let God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then you come to a passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, this is Paul writing. And if anybody trusted Jesus, it was Paul. And Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8. He said, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. I would say that's pressure. That's heavy pressure right there. Mm -hmm. But if you say everyone experiences this, which clearly what Paul's writing is suggesting that, have you personally experienced it? And if so, what have you learned from that pressure? Well, yes, I've learned. I'll, I'll narrow it down to three. I could probably write a book on this. Um, But number one, pressure reveals what is really inside of us. For for example, for example, if you got like a tube of toothpaste, um, you've got to squeeze the toothpaste to figure out what's inside. You can um, you can pray over the toothpaste and what's inside is not coming out. You can put a you can write a Bible verse on the toothpaste tube and what's inside of it's not coming out. But when you squeeze the toothpaste, what's inside of it. It's coming out. And leaders are like toothpaste. We don't know what we've got inside of us until we're squeezed. And I honestly think we'll ne- we will never achieve all that the Lord has called us to achieve if we are never squeezed. By the way, um, what comes out will be the results of our daily disciplines. You can't squeeze toothpaste and get chocolate icing. Um, you get what's in the tube. For example, um, I experience zero pressure on Sundays when it comes to message preparation because message preparation is built into my daily disciplines. I work on it between an hour and two hours every single day. However, if I don't discipline myself in other areas, I'll face pressure because I tend to to procrastinate things I know that need to get done, but I don't enjoy doing them. So anyway, that's the first lesson I learned about pressure is, is... What's inside of us will come out of us when we're squeezed. And what's the second thing you feel like you've learned about pressure? The second thing, I I forgot who I heard say this, but when I heard it, I wrote it down. It's one of those things I haven't forgotten. The second thing I've learned about pressure is that pressure is a call to humility. Um, I'll say it again. Pressure is a call to humility. Um, Paul goes on the very next verse, 2 Corinthians 1.9. He said, indeed, we we felt we had it received the sentence of death. And if you've ever been in a deacon's meeting or an elder's meeting, you could amen that. Um, but, but then he goes on to say, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So Paul, the apostle Paul said right here in this verse that he couldn't do it alone. And if we're not careful in ministry, we'll begin to experience success, and with comfort comes complacency. I agree with you completely. What is that third and final thing, Perry Noble, that you learned about pressure? Third is this, and this is, I wish somebody would have told me this 20 years ago, but pressure 
is personal. And let me explain. Some ministry leaders that I've had a chance to talk to since we started the growth company tend to minimize their pressure. And they say, well, you know, I've only got, you know, 100 people in my church, or I've only got 70 people in my church, or I only got 250 people in my church. And, you know, people like um, Pastor Stephen Furtick and Pastor Craig Rochelle and Pastor Levi Lusco and all these guys have much larger churches and much larger ministries. And so the pressure must be so much more on them. And I would say it pressure is pressure. It doesn't matter who the leader is. I don't care if you're Beth Moore or I don't care if you're Jim Bob. Pressure is pressure. For, for example, I can still remember in the second church I served, we we had, I was the youth pastor and children's pastor and like kind of the worship leader, and I also did some sign changing. I did everything. I was the minister miscellaneous. But with the youth ministry, we had a retreat, and we had a slight mishap on the retreat. It was a misunderstanding. Um, that, the story's actually kind of funny if I'll go into it, but I won't go into it now. Maybe another podcast. But out of the slight mishap, let me just say, nobody died, nothing immoral or illegal happened. Let me just say that, just for the record. Um but because one of the students got upset, he got one of the, another student upset, and within 24 hours after getting back from the retreat, there were two ladies in the church. I'll go ahead and call their first names because I, I remember their names. But it was, it was Kim and Cindy. I never will forget it. They were calling the pastor, and the pastor called me and said, hey, I just got off the phone with Kim and Cindy. I was like, what do they want? He said, they want you fired. Oh, my goodness. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. Um, and so I'm like, oh dear God, like what, what happened? And, and, uh, so I didn't sleep for like two or three nights cause there were two people in this church. Now I was a, I was full time in ministry. I was on, out on a staff with a church running about 200 to 250. And the pressure I felt then was as significant as the pressure I felt at any point in my ministry. So what I'm saying is. If you're a church leader, the size of your ministry doesn't determine pressure. Pressure is pressure. And you don't ever need to minimize what you're going through because you feel like your ministry isn't as large as um, the persons down the street. That's, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. I can, I, can speak, I can speak about that. I can talk about stuff like that all day long. Whether it's a ton of feathers or a ton of bricks, it's still a ton. Right? Am I right? You're you're absolutely right. So be a lot of is, feathers. Yeah, pre- pressures pressures absolutely personal. Well, you know me. I think identifying problems are great, but I'm the solver of things. I want to I want to get down to the solutions. So let's talk about that. How can leaders handle pressure? Well, I would I would say three things, um, and and this is really important because if you don't find a way to handle pressure you're going to find a way to cope with pressure. And it's always something that's not good. Trust me on this one. I know what I'm talking about. I'm talking from personal experience. Number one, the first thing I think you got to do is you've got to have someone to talk to. And when I say that, listen, this is not your spouse. Um, You you don't unload on your spouse. Uh, You don't just... It's just not a good idea. It's got to be somebody in your life that you can trust. I mean, really trust. And this is difficult because the higher you go in leadership, the less people 
you can trust. In fact, you can trust some people on one level that you might not be able to trust on the next level. And people ask, well, how do you know? And I'm like, well, usually it's, you get burned. Um, but at the end of the day, it all comes back to you got maybe find a counselor. I recommend pastors having a, a, a counselor that you can talk to once or twice a month. Um, talk with another pastor. But I would say talk with another pastor that you let, – let me just say – let me just put it this way. If you're talking to another pastor and that pastor is talking crap to you about, an, about somebody that he or she knows – then I can guarantee you that when they talk about, they will talk about you to somebody else. So if they talk to you about somebody, they will talk to somebody about you. And so that's a really, really, really good test to figure that out. Um, I talked to a couple pastors, but these pastors that I talked to, they've got nothing to gain by talking to me. I mean, it, it literally is a friendship. And um, I feel like I can tell those guys just about anything, but you got to have somebody that you can trust to talk to. And this is so difficult. I know it is for leaders because there's so few places that we can go and so few people that we can really trust with what we're really dealing with. So what's the second thing leaders need to do to handle pressure? The second thing is you gotta, you gotta be honest. When you're talking to somebody about what you're going through, don't minimize it. And because and, we as leaders, we feel like we've got to solve everybody else's problems. And so we'll say, hey, I'm going through this. It's not a really big deal. I just wanted to make you aware. Um, but I would say if something is causing us significant pressure, then we need to be willing to tell what it is happening and, and, and how it's making us feel. Because if we minimize it, if we tell somebody and we minimize it and we tell them it's not a big deal, we tend to get mad at those people because they're like, well, well, they're, they're pretending like it's not a big deal. Well, that's what we told them. And once again, I'm saying this from personal experience. I minimize so many things that I've gone through in my life so many times. And I feel like if I'd have just been honest um, and said, no, this is a big deal. I'm really struggling with this. Things could have been different at some point or another. And that third thing leaders need to do to handle their pressure. Well, third, number three is find a non-sinful release. Mm, need some examples. <laughs> I yeah. assume that's not just binging on a Netflix episode or well, something. N- well, there are some good things on Netflix. You haven't found any of them. <laughs> but, um, like, for example, some pastors love to play golf. And I've talked to some pastors um, that feel guilty about that. But, you know what? If, if golf helps you take your mind off of ministry or that thing that's bothering you you know go play a couple rounds a week i mean do that that that's not sinful look at the times in the scriptures where jesus got away from the crowds um i don't think he played golf i think he was a hiker he he might have been a hiker. he's always hiking up mountains he was absolutely a hiker um kind of agree with that um go to movies there was a season for me I would just go to a movie and I could sit and decompress and get caught up in another story. And I got so caught up in another story, I wasn't thinking about mine. And so that was kind of fun. Um, Some people love to hunt. Some people love to fish. Uh, Last week, I went out and rode a friend of mine. I just borrowed their Wave Runner and rode for two hours out on the lake. It was so peaceful. Funny story, I meant to ride for an hour, but I got lost. 
Um, I, like no cell phone, no iPod, no anything. I got so caught up in just the, the lake and the sun and the fun. I looked around. I was like, where the freak am I? And um, I, I made it back. I made it back. Almost ran out of gas. It was almost an awesome sermon illustration. But for two hours, well, for an hour, my mind was shut down. And then for the rest of the time, my mind was focused on getting back. So I got this shut down for, it was, it really was a pressure release. And I think it's so important to find something that you can do that's a release because if there's not a release, pressure of pressure will eventually lead to an explosion. So we covered a lot today, both positive, some negative, yep. some things we can do. Is there anything else before we close, Perry? No, the only thing I would say is if you're a pastor or senior leader out there, one of the things that we do and our one-day on-sites, I've had so many pastors come in and say, hey, can I just talk to you one-on-one for about an hour and um, or so and like n- without the team? And I've been willing and, and to do that. I'm more than willing to do that. And uh, and the thing <laughs> the thing I tell people is I'm a vault. If you tell me it's not coming, it's not coming back out, I, I just want to be that safe place for pastors and church leaders. And so if you're considering doing an on-site, that is one of the things that we we carve out some time for if the pastor or the senior leader requests is like, hey, I'm willing to sit down and have a conversation. I might not be able to solve the problem, but sometimes we don't need people to solve our problems. We just need somebody to listen. And so if you're interested in, in coming in and meeting for a day or bringing your team in for a day to talk about what's going on, to help your team think like leaders to put together a three to six month strategic plan that will help your church grow. Just go to our website, wantmychurchtogrow.com. I wantmychurchtogrow.com and click on that right, that button up in the right hand corner to schedule a call. And Logan, Logan. will answer and give you free Netflix recommendations. Logan would not do that. She might. You can (laughs) ask her if you want. You can ask her if you want. Um, But Logan will be glad to get in touch with you and see how we could serve you and your church. So thank you so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe the best is yet to come. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.